My name is Xavier Zara, CEO of Federation Square. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Anthony Murphitt, who is the Deputy Head of the Australian Space Agency. Anthony has oversight of strategy, policy and day-to-day operations and supports the agency head in monitoring the agency's performance. Anthony ensures the agency delivers on its purpose to transform and grow a globally respected Australian space industry that contributes to productivity and employment across the Australian economy. Dedicated to purpose, Anthony brings an entrepreneurial spirit to the agency, valuing partnerships whilst drawing strength from diversity and pushing the boundaries of our knowledge. I'd love to hear how you came about being at this very place in this very job today. I must admit, I always do reflect on that question. And I think what drew me here was where we are in our technology cycle and what space means to us today. Technology is smaller, innovation cycles are shorter. And when we turn to space, that has really transformed the sector Previous to this role here in the Australian Space Agency, I was in the US. And in those travels around the United States, I keep running into Australians who were working on space activities. And we turn back and look at Australia, and it was at that transformational point where we had these people that could do space, we had people that could do space in Australia, and we were seeing space transform our lives from phones and GPS from using weather satellites to understand what's happening um, with our weather through to using those Earth observations and helping disaster management and knowing that Australia had the smarts to contribute more. And with the establishment of the Australian Space Agency in July 2018, it was a great opportunity to be back in Australia and really go to our purpose, which is to transform and grow a globally respected space industry right here in Australia. Tell us about the Australian Space Agency. established in 2018. How would you describe its mission? So our mission is very clear. It is about growing and transforming a globally respected space industry, focused on growing our capability, connecting and showing the people what space means and importantly, inspires. I like to talk about space and dinosaurs. And it's one of the things that gets kids really excited. We have space and seeing When you say we work for the Australian Space Agency, space is important to us. And kids say, actually, Australia and space, this is something I'm interested in. So we have this beautiful mandate. Uh, The government said to us, your target is to triple the size of Australia's space industry from 4 billion to 12 billion and create another 20,000 jobs by 2030. And the reason we can do that is why I got interested in space is, is the sector is transforming, Australia has the capability, these technologies can help farmers, they can help manage drought, but importantly, we're working with NASA and others to do exciting things like going forward to the moon and onto Mars. So that's our mandate. And there's a lot of things that we can do very clearly set out in the strategy that we have, which talks about doing four things open those doors internationally with partners like NASA, like the European Space Agency, work across the nation from here in Melbourne and Victoria and the great expertise that is there across the whole nation and build that capability so we can support these international supply chains. We want to be responsible because we're working in space. And again, coming back to that inspire pillar is we want to inspire not only the kids, but show the community and adults and parents that Australia can do space 
and we're doing it because it's this massive transformation that we're seeing. So it's an interesting time, isn't it? You know, space and the industry, um, as we've come to understand it over the decades, um, is transforming. It's uh, a lot of private opportunities. So if you're old enough, you'll recall the space race was a race between East and West. It was a, a race between uh, nations. NASA was totemic as a, as a major uh, as a, as a, as a, as a, a state-sponsored power to, you know, to, to bring us in, into the, the space age, you know, and to eventually put um, humans on the moon. That's changed, hasn't it, over the last uh, decade, decade and a half. There are a lot of private players emerging. Has that created new opportunities for Australians and the space agency? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we have really moved from the 1960s where we saw the glorious Saturn V rocket to the moon. And we're in a time now where businesses of multiple sizes from small, medium and large can now make a business proposition. We've seen the big companies like SpaceX and recently transporting NASA astronauts to the International Space Station. But with not only are we getting these big, exciting projects like SpaceX, if we turn to Australia, it means that satellites that were once the size of a bus are now can be down to the size of a loaf of bread. And it means that technology adjustment and increase in innovation cycles and reduction in size means that we can think of different ways of using space because it's no longer inaccessible. It is something that is cheaper to access and it means we can use our smarts and our technologies using these smaller platforms to be able to improve our lives here on Earth. And I think that part is really, really exciting. And when we look at the role of the Australian Space Agency, it's why we've got this very clear purpose to focus on the growth and transformation of the space industry. Unlike NASA and the European Space Agency will have their own large R&D programs, we're very much focused on being that partner and facilitator, identifying Australia's great capabilities. One example I talk about, we have our mining sector. And if we look at the Pilbara, which is in a harsh, hot environment, many of those activities from the big trucks, the drill, uh, are all automated and controlled from Perth, which is 1,600 kilometres away. They use artificial intelligence, they use automation, they use robotics, and that level of capability is what you need in space, where it is very, it's at distance, you don't, you have very limited human intervention, and it means that we have these capabilities. And when NASA looks at Australia, they said, actually, Australia, you've got some things that we can use as we go forward to the moon and onto Mars. And I think that change means that our role is very much focused on growing the industry and we know we've only just scratched the surface because we still know people think space and 1960s and big rockets but that transformation means these business models are really opening up i touch on things like the work in fisherman's bend here in melbourne there is australian technologies that help the, uh, the built the wingtips on the dreamliner it shows that Australia can contribute to some significant projects around the world. And we want to leverage that capability, whether you're working in carbon composites or others, and show that it can be used in space. But that's coming back to this. This is a very different area. It is an area where private companies can say, actually, you know what? Space is accessible. Let's give it a go. So you talk about your ambition of 20,000 additional jobs and, and growing the, the space industry in Australia by, by many millions. And one of your key platforms is the International Space Investment Initiative. Can you describe that to us and 
Tell us what you're doing there. The International Space Investment Initiative was one of the key programs when the Australian Space Agency was established. And it went back to one of our key missions, which was to open doors internationally and show the world that Australia had the knowledge and smarts to be able to contribute with the best uh, around the world. We've recently announced 10 projects of 11, uh, accounting for $11 million in some of those really exciting areas where Australia can participate with other space agencies around the world. Some of the projects here in Melbourne include the Spirit Mission, which is a collaboration with the University of Melbourne. They're working with a range of people across Australia from Nova Systems, Innovor, and they're bringing together all this Australian capability and working with the UK and the Italian Space Agency. And they're building one of these very small satellites. So we call it a six unit satellite. So two loaves of bread. And what they will do is they'll build a satellite platform with Australian technologies. They'll host an international payload, so from one of our counterpart space agencies, and show that Australia can build a space platform, launch it into space, and do it with our international partners. And that's really important because space brings us together and it shows this international collaboration, how Australia can support activities internationally is a real instrumental part. Another project under the International Space Investment Initiative is around building the next generation of spacesuits uh, by a company called Human Aerospace, again, in Melbourne. One of the things when traveling in space is there are big impacts on the body, both muscles and bone density loss does occur. And what this spacesuit will do is simulate that the body is still on Earth with gravity so that astronauts don't experience that loss of bone density and muscle, which is really important to keep astronauts at peak physical conditions. And again, shows where Australia can really play some really important parts, leveraging our space medicine areas, our physiological activities and R&D and take it into the space domain. I think that's exciting. And the other bit, just thinking we're, we're all facing challenges associated with COVID-19 and the pandemic. And one of the other projects that we do have is around a new AI digital platform, which is to support long duration space flight. And this is really important is we work with NASA and others, and they think about going forward to the moon and onto Mars. How do we support astronauts over very long duration? And can we develop AI powered robots that can support engagement with astronauts on those journeys? And those lessons can then be adopted here on Earth. And that's one of the things that's also central to the part of the Australian Space Agency is it's really exciting to invest in space technologies, but we want to be mindful and make sure there's a return on people back here on Earth and projects such as working with AI and how we can uh, support engagement in isolation is just one of those examples where we can spin that technology not only up into space, but bring it back down to Earth. So, Anthony, um, these are ambitious. You know, these are large uh, projects, many partnerships. I'm really interested to understand from the perspective of, of a business how, how the agency supports them in participating in what are these you know, very uh, large moonshots, if you like. It's a great question. One of the big ways we're doing it is through the Australian government's Moon to Mars initiative. So last year, the Prime Minister travelled to the US and announced that Australia would partner with the United States and specifically with NASA to go forward to the moon and onto Mars. 
and Australia would invest $150 million here in Australia for Australian businesses to support NASA on its ambitions. And the way that we do this goes back to that heart of Australia being, uh, or the Australian Space Agency being a partner and facilitator. It has three parts. Firstly, we want to focus on engaging in supply chains. The second part is that we want to show the world through demonstrator projects that we can actually do some pretty cool things in space. And the third part is that we want a trailblazer which inspires and, and so kids could say, look up to the sky, no NASA's gone, uh, back to the moon and they say Australian technology's there. The role of this program, if I talk about the supply chain component, one of the big things we know when NASA's looking to go forward to the moon and onto Mars, they're working with a range of companies such as Lockheed, Northrop, SpaceX. And what we want to do through the supply chain program is show Australian businesses have the capabilities that can meet the standards to meet the requirements to go to space. Or we might have companies that are working in areas such as carbon fiber manufacturer, they're fabricating new materials, and or they could be creating precision sprockets in one, say, a defence sector or aerospace and show that it can actually move in space. So this program is very much designed to show that actually you might be working in another area of the economy, it actually can apply to space. So this supply chain about integrating businesses into the space opportunities is one way the, the agency is partnering, facilitating and opening the doors for our partners. The demonstrator program builds on that. We are then looking across the nation, understanding where Australia has some strengths and our civil space strategy identifies areas from the robotics piece. We know there's communications. We have a huge landmass here in Australia and it means we have a unique view into the solar system. So it means that as we go back forward to the moon, we do want to be able to communicate. There's an opportunity there. So the demonstrator project looks at our capability, understands the gap that NASA is looking for and the program is about showing that Australia can participate in that uh, activity. And we spoke about Trailblazer. That's our exciting piece to inspire the kids. So I'm intrigued by the Moon to Mars title for, for this initiative. And, uh, you know, is, is Mars on the agenda? So we call it Moon to Mars because the reason we call it Moon to Mars is that the US and NASA have said they want to put the first woman and next man on the moon by uh, 2024. And they talk about what we do on the moon will support activities going uh, to Mars. And the reason we focus on the moon is because it's only three days away versus up to uh, a, a quite a long journey, it can be nine months uh, to get to get to Mars. So we want to be able to test the capabilities on the moon as we have the longer vision to go to Mars. So through the moon to Mars initiative that we're investing in here, we're looking at technologies and capabilities that can support activities on the moon and ultimately now, as we look at uh, programs in the future, showing that Australia is at the table as it relates to space and we have capabilities that can support that deep space exploration. And those areas are in that robotics piece around as we go to the moon, we need to be able to control things uh, autonomously. Uh, we've got new areas like space medicine. Australia is world class in how it undertakes its uh, medical research capabilities. And as we look to go forward to the moon and onto Mars, it is around we can leverage either whether it's the Antarctic division that does a lot of work with people in isolation or in remote medicine and applying that into the space environment. So I think Mars is that longer term objective. We're focusing on the moon, showing what we can do. But again, if we get this right, we can look to get Australian technology onto Mars someday.
And I recall reading not so long ago, uh, one of the rationale for going to the moon or one of the benefits would be around uh, access to resources. I think NASA's contemplating testing the market by actually procuring, wanting to purchase um, or transport it back to, to see if it's feasible. Um, can you see any synergies with Australia's resource strengths? NASA is absolutely looking at what they call in situ resource uh, utilisation. One of the things we're mindful of, of course, is being consistent with our international obligations. There's a range of international uh, treaties that support space activities, but the use of resources in space is very, very important if we look for long-term sustainability and supporting human life in space. One of the big reasons it's of interest, so we take the moon, water was identified in the late 2000s on the moon, which is a really useful because water is not only used to sustain life through drinking, but it can be the building blocks for fuel. So importantly, we want to see if we can use those resources. That's what NASA is investigating because it's a lot cheaper to use the resources on the moon that are on the moon rather than try to ship them from um, earth because that's one of the most expensive parts of space is getting stuff off the surface of the earth into space so there is a, a real focus on what is what we can do on the lunar surface from can you use uh, the soil on the surface of the moon to be able to build products can we extract water and can it be used for fuel so it's a really important thing to have that long-term sustainability and have a sustainable presence in space We're coming to, I'm coming to you from, from Melbourne and in my day job, you know, I have the privilege of, of running Federation Square, which is, you know, at its heart, uh, a place in which uh, Melbournians, Victorians um, come together and celebrate the, the best we have to offer. It wouldn't surprise you to know that we often showcase conversations and, and achievements in our medical research sector because, you know, it's something very close to our hearts. You've identified it as a real Australian strength. If we were to... Um, celebrate through event, you know, and through um, screenings and so on, and and and, co and conversations, our best and brightest, as as it might relate to space. Who might they be here in Victoria? One thing that's always really impressed uh, Megan and I as we've travelled around Australia is just seeing the amazing capabilities that exist in Australia as it relates to space. So if we look here in Victoria. We've got areas such as Stellar Lab, which is in, uh, in around the University of Melbourne area, run by Lockheed, which is really focusing on R&D operations across a whole broad section of space and defence. There's companies such as Totomac, which is looking at advanced materials and new advanced manufacturing technologies. Uh, there are companies such as Frontier SI, which is going back to one of the hearts of our mission about how do you use space-enabled data, so data from satellites that look at the Earth as well as a range of other uh, Earth observation capabilities and how can we improve the management of our land, support farmers, etc. We have companies such as Speedcast and Viasat that are using satellite communications. And importantly, one of the big areas that there's a real strength for Victoria, it's in the STEM education part. And there's an organisation called VSEC, called the Victorian Space Science Education Centre and has been engaging with kids to get them into space, show them what it means and really inspire them. And that's been really good at the student level. And one of the more emerging 
areas is the Melbourne Space Program, again, run by the University of Melbourne. And it is really focused on getting university students into space to really show it is transformed. So it's a thriving environment in Victoria. And that's just what we see in Victoria. We've got other companies all around the nation that really can make a contribution and going back to our earlier conversation, this isn't just about governments anymore. These are businesses that are making a real difference. And companies from we have Fleet of Miriota, which are using what we call the Internet of Things, but connected with very small satellites to allow farmers sit on their couch and look at their phone and know that a pump in the middle of nowhere is running low on oil or water and they need to go out and check it rather than driving for days or hundreds of kilometres to check each individual pump. So Australia is really punching above its weight in so many areas of the space sector and our programs are designed to bring that out and show the world what we can do. So Anthony, uh, to complement the brains and, and, and the potential, the capability that we've got um, amongst our technologists uh, is a need for infrastructure and another major platform for the agency is the Space Infrastructure Fund. What is that fund and what are you hoping to achieve? So the Space Infrastructure Fund goes back to one of the early premises is not only do we need to open doors internationally like we did with our International Space Investment Initiative, but build capability across the nation. And for Australians to participate in the market, you need the infrastructure to support that. So it's a $19.5 million program that's investing in a range of different activities from a mission control in our headquarters in Adelaide, which will allow businesses to control satellites right from here in Australia, which is exciting. And it means that not every space business needs to go build its own mission control. It can focus on building the satellites, all the sensors, and come and use the facilities that we have in Adelaide. We've got another capability around robotics command and control, which we build in Perth. And that is leveraging that expertise in our resources sector, the robotics, the automation, and showing what we do in the resource sector can be used in space. We're also mindful to show that there's all this great data that comes from space, whether it's the images from our Earth observation satellites and other information sources, linking it to a supercomputer, uh, the Pawsey supercomputer in Perth, and showing how it can be used uh, by industry to transform how they do their particular businesses. And one of the programs that we'll have running uh, next year is our Space Payload Qualification Program, which is very much focused on when you go to space, you need to test it. So you need to shake it to make sure uh, it can survive the, the speed and the thrust of launch. And it needs to survive ultraviolet and extremes of temperature. So we need those type of capabilities to make sure that when something gets to space, it can survive space. So we're investing in space payload qualification facilities as well uh, to ensure that Australians that are looking to invest in space and participate can test their equipment right here in Australia. You described um, Strathmore College, secondary college, which is where the space centre is that you um, that we talked about a little earlier. I, I, I went there over a decade ago, I think, not long after it was established, with a uh, you know a mock moonscape or in fact Martian red dust, and uh, it was a it's a you know an impressive laboratory if you like um, you know um, for for the purposes of, of education. And that in mind, you know, obviously Strathmore felt that there was a, a need for that some time ago, and uh, many students have benefited. Walk me through, walk our our listeners through 
you know, the educational and training opportunities, you know, what the pathways are, what the destinations might be for, for, for young people interested in, in space. It's, it's always good to sit back and reflect about what these opportunities now look like because when we first think about space, we turn our minds to engineers, rocket scientists, and that's absolutely an area that's there. But with this massive transformation of the sector, a whole lot more careers are opening up. So from your traditional engineers, but through to communicators, space lawyers, I just spoke about legislation and what we're doing there, communicators, educators, design as well, because with the change in how we use space and how things are getting smaller, we can think about designing things in a very different way. And underpinning for many of those is a strong STEM career. So science, technology, uh, engineering, mathematics becomes a very central skill, not just for space, it's going to be for many of the jobs that we do in the future. So I think the first thing we usually say when if you're thinking about space as a career, Think about the, the science, technology, engineering, mathematics to get a good basis in those uh, particular areas. From there, you can follow, follow your passions because it really is, there is so many different opportunities that are there. We have data scientists that can use information from satellites to see how they can help uh, life here on Earth, farmers, managing fires, uh, et cetera. You might want to build um, one of these new small satellites. So that would be engineering or it could be in carbon fibre or different types of materials. So there's uh, physics, science and chemistry that, that come in. You've spoken about design. What do these things look like and what's the best way that we can bring these components together to uh, be effective? Or you can go down and be a space lawyer, uh, bring law and space together into one particular area. And we even have space archaeologists. So I think the you know, they're really opening up. And so we would encourage the kids and the parents, if you're thinking about this, the first message is, Australia's at the table with space. It's it's no longer inaccessible and there are so many careers that are opening up. And I also say that even if we get you interested into a STEM career through space and you do something else, you're still going to have a good basis in the STEM careers and other things. So I think it's terribly exciting. And we're seeing the university sector come on board as well. They're opening up uh, new courses specific around space. So I think it's really exciting to see. And the thing we're going to do to try and tell that story in our headquarters is have the Australian Space Discovery Centre where we will have a place where people can come in and have a look and touch and feel space. There'll be our mission control, so you'll be able to see things in space. You'll look through and get a history of what Australia has done in space. But then at the end, there's a career desk to say, actually, well, what do I want to do in space? And I think that will be great and be supplemented by a website. So you can log on, have a look and just get a feel for if you're interested in space, it's real and what could I do? So, Anthony, uh, knowing that the agency is based in, in Adelaide, will the Discovery Centre be in Adelaide as well? That's right. It is. The Discovery Centre will be in Adelaide uh, and the, the bottom level of the building we're in. However, that's why the web platform becomes very important. So we're very mindful is that we've got to grow things across the nation and providing a platform so people can log in, get materials, learn about space. And what we will do while we're in Adelaide, we will be outreaching to make sure we get our story told through a range of other platforms. Kids and parents are interested. We have a Facebook site. We've got LinkedIn. We're on Twitter, got our general platforms around Facebook, et cetera, which is really our way of engaging uh, to get our story out there. So, Anthony, you're on the uh, on the cusp of, you know, a multi-tens of billions of dollar industry that uh, will be seminal, I think, to our economic and technological 
um, advancement for the decades to come. What does the future hold for the Australian Space Agency? The agency has really opened doors internationally. I do reflect that when the head of NASA is now talking about international engagement and this Moon to Mars initiative, he talks about Australia and says Australia's there and they're one of our partners as we go forward to the Moon and onto Mars. And I think that alone is inspirational. We've got this very clear goal to triple the size of the economy and create another 20,000 jobs. And globally, it's pre-COVID, it was forecast to be a trillion dollar industry by 2040. Uh, that's a tremendous opportunity. And it's a tremendous opportunity because we use space every day. The technology is transforming. But importantly, when we turn to Australia, there are things that we can contribute. We've talked about robotics. We've got artificial intelligence. There's new ways of communicating. We can draw on our great expertise in medical research. And I think we're only just, we've just scratched the surface because we haven't connected with the manufacturers that are working in defense or automotive, and they've got these great precision capabilities that can be used in space. So I think when we take that all together, we know space is gonna play a really important part. It inspires, it builds on a manufacturing base, the world wants us to be involved in space. So I think we're gonna be a really important part of economic recovery as we come out the other side of COVID-19. And what we will do, we'll be driven by our purpose. We will grow and transform the space industry. We'll open those doors. We'll build national capability. We will inspire. And I think that's the one thing we want to do. We've spoken through some of the project we're investing in. We really want to get to the, the parents, the community, the businesses and the kids and say, Australia can do space. And what we're doing is opening the doors so that everyone can look up at the sky and see that Australian flag and go, you know what? Australia is now in space. Laudable and exciting. And I'd really like to round it out by asking you a really difficult question. Speculative, perhaps, which is if you were to think about the future, um, I'd like you to, to muse on how our lives will be different in 20 or 30 years because of the work of the Australian Space Agency and the Moon to Mars initiative. Do you think 20 years' time and what does that mean and what could it look like? And I come back to one of the things that drives us as our purpose is showing that as we invest in space, it's making a difference here on Earth. We use the phones every day. Uh, we're using images from space to help things like bushfire. I think that is only going to accelerate. What I would see if I look back in 20 years is now we don't talk about Australia's involvement in the technology that is there now. And we've got a strong base because we think about Wi-Fi and that was CSIRO and that is Australia. In 20 years time, we're going to be talking about space technologies and we're going to say that's Australian technologies. That means we're able to now really participate in space, whether it's new ways of communicating that are 100 times as fast as we are now, or there are platforms that are orbiting around the moon that are controlled in Australia with Australian technology. And I think if we can do that. We can get people to look to the skies and say, you know what, that's Australian technologies. I think I'm going to be, have a really big smile on my face. Well, thank you, Anthony. Um, I think you've brought a lot of excitement and a lot of passion, but also given us an insight, I think, into something that many Australians won't be aware of, which is um, it's a boundless set of opportunities. We're better positioned than we've ever been through the work of the agency. We will be there uh, for the decades to come. So thank you. Thank you, Xavier. 
New episodes of Anything But Square are released every Wednesday, and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and sign up to our newsletter at fedsquare.com. Take care, and we'll see you next Wednesday.